0: Insiders, welcome back. Today we're celebrating Hispanic Latinx Heritage Month with an insider's look at Pixar's Coco with sketch artist Ana Ramirez and Anthony Gonzalez who voiced Miguel. I'm so glad we're celebrating Coco this month. Each time I watch this movie, I'm truly inspired by Miguel's passion for music, his tenacious spirit, and the desire to seize his moment. But his story isn't perfect. He has to face his family and their opposition to what he loves most, music he embarks on an extraordinary journey to the land of his ancestors where he learns more about his family's story and their traditions. Thankfully, the more he learned about his family, the more the differences that divided them faded away. He began to understand them, which helped him understand himself. It is a heartfelt story that always reminds me what's most important in life. Now let's hear more about designing the world of Coco with sketch artist Ana Ramirez. Welcome Ana. Thank you.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: (laughs) We're excited to talk about the world of Coco today, but I want to hear more about your world. Let's start with your background and how you came to love film and pursue it as
1: a career. So I started pretty young. I was interested in filmmaking and like art, but like I didn't practice it. I grew up ice skating. That was like (laughs) my my hobby and like my passion growing up. Uh, So I was a figure ice skater. And then the ice rink closed one day. And I was forced to like, well, not forced, but I, I, th- I think I was like seeking what I had in the ice rink in like other activities because I really missed like the community aspect of it. And I missed mm-hmm. like, you know, having like something to do every day where I could see my friends and like some that, but, mm. but that I also enjoyed. So I tried like every class possible, of different sports and stuff. And it wasn't until my last year of high school that I took a drawing class because uh, my mm. mom is the one who suggested that I take a drawing class um, I wanted to go to music school but I wasn't very good so <sighs> she was like why don't you try out uh, a draw you know drawing like I've seen you sort of draw on your notebooks <laughs> I'm like no that's just because I'm boarding class um, but actually she was right and I took a live drawing class and I took a comics class um and I just never stopped since and this was yeah my last year of high school so a little bit later than other people um I went to CalArts for college but it took me two years to get in so yeah after high school I sort of took two years to practice and, and and keep drawing um I went to art school in France in the meantime wow um and I I Kind of built a new portfolio and reapplied to CalArts two years later. And then I got in. (laughs) So then I moved to the US and I studied film and animation. Um, And then I, yeah, I got my internship at Pixar during my third year of college, which Mm. was very exciting. Yeah, but I I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Like I just knew that I liked film and I liked to draw. Um, And I sort of went to CalArts with the idea that I was going to become an independent filmmaker. And mm-hmm. then I got the, uh, the offer for the internship. So yeah, I just sort of like followed that path without really thinking too much about it. But I feel like there's always like a new exciting thing to learn and, and work on at Pixar. So I really loved um, everything about it. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds very clearly that you're multi-talented. You have a lot
0: of interests and... Yeah, you were dabbling in different things, but like life and clearly mother knows best. They were guiding you to figure out that animation was where you ultimately should pursue a career. Was there ever like a light bulb moment in that journey overall that you remember that you kind of go back to where it was like, I knew this was the day or this was the moment where it was like, this is clear to me.
1: Yeah, surprisingly, like it was, I think I had a few moments, but well, the first one I think was During that class, I was taking in Mexico, uh, uh, the comics class. Like, our teacher was an animator. And Mm. I didn't know that people could be animators. Like, I had watched the the behind-the-scenes of Tarzan where... Love. So good. I know, so good. Like, uh, Glenn (laughs) Keane shows his process and stuff. And I remember seeing that as a kid and being like, wow, like, I can't believe people do that for a living. But Mm. I never thought that that's something I could do, especially Mm. because I didn't know anybody in Mexico at the time who, like, knew how to animate or, like, about animation. So uh, that teacher was sort of, like, the first person who exposed me to, like, animation per se. And uh, he gave us a tour of his studio, um, Mm. the last class. And they were, like, a tiny, tiny, tiny studio, like, downtown Leon, where I grew up. And, like... He, he he like he, they were working on a a movie for a bigger studio but they were sort of like a different like a smaller branch that was helping out on that film and that film came out in Mexico like a few months after they invited us to the studio but i saw them animate and i saw them using you know all the software that we use in animation and Uh, Like computers and stuff. And I wasn't drawing on the computer at that time. Like I didn't even know that Photoshop existed. (laughs) So um, I was like, whoa, that's amazing. And it just like looks so fun. And I think that's like the first time I realized that that was like a real job and thought it was really cool. And then um, like a year later, my sister told me that her best friend from childhood, who was also or is also my good friend. Alonso Ramirez uh, he like we grew up together like we went to the same school in Mexico he was going to CalArts and he was in you know visiting our hometown that summer and she was like Alonso's here and I heard he's going to animation school like you should talk to him so we like went out and got coffee and he showed me his portfolio and I sort of like fell in love with the work And he's also like extremely talented, but I saw his work and I was like, whoa, like you do this in school, like you get to draw and paint Mm -hmm. and like make up stories. And he was like, yeah. And then you make shorts and like make films. And I was like, wow. And I'm like, do you have math? And he's like, no. And I'm like, cool, sign me up. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so like that's that's I think the decisive moment where I'm like, I'm going to go to this school no matter what it takes. And uh, yeah, it took a while, like from that day till the day I got in, it was like three years or something. But uh, yeah, it worked out. It all worked out. Um, But yeah, I think those were kind of like the two key moments. Um, And then I became obsessed with like Kailhards and started watching all the student films. Mm. And I was like, I can't believe people like around my age make this, you know, or like are able to do this. Uh, And I was like, I want to learn how to make these films and like how to animate and draw. And yeah, I mean, it was like a long journey Mm because, like I said, like most people who went to CalArts or go to CalArts start drawing like when they're born. You know, everyone's Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, my parents are artists or like I started drawing like, you know, at five and like they've always Mm -hmm. been artists and like very prolific. And I was not that kind of person. So I always had a little bit of like a late bloomer complex, you know, of like, I'm Mm. so old. I mean, I was like really young, but like I felt really old, you know, in comparison or like really behind. But uh, I think maybe that was a good thing because I like when you feel like the underdog, you kind of try harder, you know, I I need to catch up. What's it like, though? You said you kind of felt like a little bit of the
0: underdog. Now you're a Pixar what are those first like few experiences like? Cuz you're clearly very talented and here we are. We're talking about all the Thank amazing you. work you've done,
1: but what's it like that first toe dip into it? Um, I definitely still feel like the underdog <laughs> at work. <laughs> like I feel like uh I don't know. Like I just have this thing where like I just always want to learn something new or like I'm interested in like new things and I think overall, like, I've always just wanted to make films. Like, I really want to direct and, like, have my, you know, direct my own films or, like, like a show, like, a series or something. Um, I love to write, and I've been doing that a lot recently. Like, in the pandemic, I was taking classes at UCLA for, like, screenwriting, and that was really cool, and I do, like, children's books, too. Um, so uh, I actually did the story internship at Pixar this summer. Um mm. Because now I'm interested in story, so I'm like, um, once again, you know, the under, because I'm like, I've been there like five or six years, um, but I was like, I really am so interested in this, and I started working on a short, um, so they supported me in like doing this internship, and you know, I'm there with like people who are still in college who are like graduated college recently, so they're like super young, but I'm like, wow, I have so much to learn from them, you know, so So I don't know, I feel like. Animation's really cool because there's really so much you can do, like in film and Mm -hmm. animation. Like you know, there's always room to grow and learn new things. So, yeah, like it's very exciting all the time, and it keeps me young.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you keep us all going every day with the amazing stories and the amazing films that you've worked on. So, I want to talk a little bit about kind of the process. So, I know that you've worked on. Coco and Toy Story 4, but can you talk to us? So you're when you first hear about Coco, what's that like? Do you know that it's a project, and then you ask for it, or do they just assign it to you? Like, how do you get brought into the world of Coco and start to work on the project?
1: Yeah, um, so actually, that was like a very serendipitous like experience for me because I was still a student when I uh, got the internship, and I mm. usually usually the internships. It changes some years, but uh, they used to be class-based. And then at the time that I did the internship, it wasn't class-based. It was production-based for art, which means Mm. that, like, you get to do rotation on different shows so that you get to work on different movies and work with, like, you know, like different directors and different art directors and stuff um, to sort of get exposure and then get different experiences, like during your internship, which is three months. So usually mm-hmm. you spend like a month on each show. And for me, like I started on Coco and I was supposed to go on another show, but I never did. I just stayed on Coco for three months because turns out they didn't know that I was from Mexico. <laughs> mm. And then when I showed up, I was like, wow, like, yeah, I'm from Mexico. I'm from, one, you know, Guanajuato, which is a town that inspired a lot of uh, like the uh, world of the dead and then oh, wow. also my dad is a shoemaker um, <laughs> oh, which is stop. crazy it's too perfect yeah, too I know perfect. so <laughs> it was like insane and I'm like wow so I felt really cool because I'm like um I when I went home I like took a bunch of videos of reference for from like all the you know shoe shops and 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 brought back like a bunch of like Uh, like props and you know like like shoe stuff (laughs) and um, like took a lot of reference videos and stuff and I was like wow like I didn't even need to go on a research trip really because I grew up there so I like knew Mm. what was up and I felt um, yeah like it was like a really cool experience and especially like having that be my first experience was like it set the bar really high Um, I bet Yeah. yeah but but yeah it was really good luck and then I worked on that for three months and then I went back to school and I graduated and I left and I worked at other studios for a year and then I got a call back because um, I kept like sending my portfolio to my production designer and like my producer and the recruiters and stuff I kept in touch and I kept uh, sending them like my new films or like you know new work that I did and stuff until they eventually got back to me and were like oh, you know, the the production was sort of paused for a little bit, but we're sort of ramping up again, and we'd like for you to come back. Um, Oh, wow. So, yeah, so I did, and uh, it was, like, contract-based at the beginning, but then I ended up becoming full-time after Coco, or at the end of Coco. But, yeah, I was on it for, like, two or three years, uh, which is really long, because usually... I've never spent that long in another production. That's the longest Mm. I've been on a show. Um, But I feel like it was really great for me because I got to meet a lot of people. Like, I was part of the cultural trust and, like,
2: Mm. I
1: got to work very closely with the directors and the production designer, um, sort of, like, helping with, you know, cultural stuff, but also doing, like, different things in art and, and consulting and all of that, which, yeah, it was great. Like, I... I couldn't have so asked cool. for a better first show. Um, so, but but usually you are cast, um, or sometimes like your your manager sort of like help cast you on different shows. So like after you're done on a show, you might take a break. Like a lot of people do take time off, um, and then and then when you're ready, you know they're like, oh this this or that show needs you. Like would you like to you know do this on that show? And it's like yeah of course. Like all the <laughs> movies are really fun. Uh, and there's always, like, options, so, uh, yeah, it never gets boring.
0: <laughs> wow, though, what a journey on Coco. Like, it really was meant to be where it came full circle at part of the internship, and then, obviously, with some time later was it collectively two to three years? And then were you doing the same role when you were an intern to when you came back?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Yeah, I was really surprised because I thought like the internship would be like someone teaching me how to do the job, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was not (laughs) that at all. Like I was just trying to do the job, but I was like, what do I do? Like somebody tell me, (laughs) like, is there like a specific way to turn in work, you know, or something? But there isn't, like, because it always changes, you know, production to production. If you work with, like, mm-hmm. certain production designers, like, they might like uh, to have reviews a certain way. And, like, you know, it, it all varies, like, show to show. So there's not, like, one way to do things. And you sort of have to just be there long enough to get the hang of it <laughs> and ask a lot <laughs> of questions, uh, which I did. But uh, thankfully, like, I started at a time... When the team was really, really small, like at some point it was Mm. just like, you know, the production designer and like three other artists and myself. So it's like super small, like we had a lot of time to kind of play because since it was like a, you know, specific, like such culturally specific film, like um, we really had to do a lot of research. And that's why it took, like, such a long time because they really wanted to make sure that it was accurate and, like, respectful and all of that. So, yeah, like, it involved a lot, a lot, a lot of, like, research and consulting with, you know, our cultural consultants who, like, talk to us about, like, the different, you know, regions in Mexico where they have, like, very specific uh, kind of embroidery or... uh, like arts and crafts or uh, regional, you know, dances and, and all of that. And like languages, dialects, like all of that. So uh, it was very informative. Like I thought mm-hmm. that I knew uh, a lot about Mexico, but I learned so much more during this show. <laughs> um, and and really it's like this in every movie, which I think is really cool. Like you have to really immerse yourself in the story, but also like what's behind it and I feel like we always learn so much about so many random things.
0: <laughs> yeah, so for Coco, what was that like, like the day-to-day?
1: It was it was like a mix, too, of like visual development. So I came up with like a lot of concept stuff, like, um, like ideas for, mm. you know, what the design could be. And then, uh, yeah, I worked a lot on like shading. Uh, many times it means, you know, you're a painter or you do like textures over like a set or something. But for me, I did a lot of like, uh, like mural design for like the world of the dead. Um, wow! Um, I I did like I worked on the opening uh, with the papel picado, like the pecked paper. Oh, I
0: love that! It's so cool yeah. to tell the
1: story like through those. That's so cool yeah and like a lot of set dressing like when you see like the stands you know on the streets like all the stuff that they have like all the props and like what the stands are and like how they're arranged in the town and all of that like I did a lot of that um which was super fun because it's like being an interior designer (laughs) so you kind of like get like a set and then I do draw overs of like what could go on it and like I design like what it might look like and um you know wear and tear like i i designed it and then i did like paint overs um where you know i would kind of indicate like what material it is and and things like that Uh, i got to do like a lot of costume design too um Mm. that can sometimes fall into shading as well because you're also adding patterns and colors and stuff so i did like a lot of the costumes for Um, the dancers like in the opening and a lot of the background characters as well because a lot of them were wearing like traditional Mexican embroidery and like um, their costumes too for the shows that we have like in the movie and stuff. Um, So I did a lot of that and that was really fun. Um, And I did some, I think I did, yeah, the embroidery for like Mama Coco's costume. Like I did that Mm. or I designed that. And then uh, Miguel's like, little mariachi costume and then (laughs) yeah lots of patterning and like stuff like that (laughs) it was so fun do you have a favorite
0: scene or favorite just easter egg that you always look back on when you watch coco that you're like wow i'm really proud of that and like figuring that out
1: yeah so yeah there's actually one set that i really like which was where we had the um what was it the talent show And Mm -hmm. there's, like, a a big skull in the back. And then that whole, like, little set is surrounded by all these, like, signs. Like, all the, um, like, light signs that just, like, are, like, restaurant signs or, you know, all of that. Because it's supposed to look like a really vibrant, like, little square, you know. Uh, And uh, I worked on that. Like, I did all the signature for for the set. Uh, And that was, like, a really cool project because... I did not come from a graphic designer background uh, per se mm-hmm. like I, I took classes but I wouldn't say that I'm like great at lettering. Uh, mm-hmm. But then I learned so much because a production designer did come uh, Harley Jessup he came from a graphic design background and he was like I know you can do this and I was like I don't know um, and it took like such a long time but I did it and I was very proud of it because I feel like it looked really good <laughs> I mean obviously like I don't do the final work like there's so many people who come after me who like just make things like a million times better than whatever I delivered but um, but it looked really good at the end and I that whole set like I worked a lot on that and like all the sugar skulls that you know, are on the stage and all of that. Like, I really, uh, I think that's one of my favorite sets, I would say, that I worked on. Yeah. So vibrant and beautiful. The research and the detail
0: that goes into this, it's just a true work of art. Once you saw the movie come out and how well-received it was and how everybody just, like, celebrated Coco, how does that feel now, even a few years later, kind of, like, looking back at that time and how we're still excited about Coco and we're still talking about it? How does that feel?
1: Yeah, it's... It's really crazy because, like, I f- I forget sometimes how loved, like, Pixar is around the world and, like, the movies, you know, that we make. Um, like, obviously, I knew that before I started working there. But once you work there, like, people are so real, you know, that you forget that you're there because it's, like, it's your job. And then it becomes more about, like... The struggle of filmmaking you know like you're not Mm -hmm. thinking like this is a Pixar film you're thinking like we have to solve this problem you know like Mm -hmm. we have to make this better and then it's like yeah it's it's a constant struggle like as an artist or like a you know yeah like working in film like it's uh there's a lot of suffering (laughs) that comes with it but there's so much reward that comes with it too and I feel like it's such a crazy experience when people talk about it or other people see it because it's so like our community is so small. The studio isn't that big. We sort of know everybody and like work with the same people on, you know, on different films. So uh, it was like very surreal experience for me because it was my first rep party. Like it was like the first Mm -hmm. premiere I went to and I was like super lucky that my parents were able to go um mm. like both of them and my sister and they watched the the film with me and they cried and mm. and then and then they went back to Mexico and then they watched it again cuz it came out like a week after or no, it was like a few weeks after because they saw it early when they came up to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they rented a whole theater in Mexico and my whole family went together. Oh, uh, so I cool. have a huge family. Yeah. And they all like wore Pixar shirts that they had gotten for them at the Pixar store. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and it was so cute. And then it was so funny because the day that I like I went back for the summer And Mm -hmm. my mom loves to, like, throw parties, you know, for birthdays and stuff. And, like, (laughs) all of our birthdays happen to fall in June and July. So, like, I went for the summer. And they, like, kept playing the Coco soundtrack and then looking at me, like, huh? Uh, uh, (laughs) And I'd I'd be like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, But then this was so nice because it's almost, like, seeing it through someone else's eyes. Like, Mm -hmm. when I saw it with an audience for the first time who, like, did not work at Pixar or, like, my parents and stuff, I was like... Oh yeah, like this is like, like a beautiful film, you know. It's and and sometimes in the process you might forget because you know what could have been. You are mm-hmm. like seeing it change, and there's some sometimes you get attached to things that don't make it to the final version, you know, or mm-hmm. the other way mm-hmm. around, and and then uh, or sometimes you're very surprised, or you're like, whoa, like they really took this to the next level, you know. Uh, after the last time I saw it or something, which is usually the case, um but but yeah, it was like super, yeah, I cried all night that I remember like <laughs> the day of the premiere, I was like so emotional and I was like so happy. and I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do forever. <laughs> it's so fun. It's clearly
0: meant so much not only to us all around the world, but it was such a personal journey for you is your introduction into Pixar. And what a cool, cool story. Thank you so much, Anna, for sharing about your personal journey, being a part of the Pixar family, and then sharing all these insights into Coco. I'm going back to watch that talent show. I don't know about anybody else out there, but <laughs> I'm going back to watch it. So I just want to say thanks so much for joining us and telling us all about that.
1: Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Okay, Insiders, you remember our next guest as the voice of Miguel, Anthony Gonzalez. Welcome to the show, Anthony.
2: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: <laughs> of course. I love your energy so far. I'm so excited to talk to you today.
2: Oh, I'm excited as well.
0: <laughs> Let's start with going a little bit down memory lane, okay? What was it like when you found me- out you were going to play Miguel?
2: Oh, my God. When I found out that I was going to be playing Miguel in Coco, it was really a dream come true and an honor to be part of such an amazing film, uh that Coco is because, you know, it shines light on the amazing Mexican tradition and culture and the celebration of the Day of the Dead, which is, you know, something that I celebrated when I was young and I could relate to. Mm -hmm. So to be part of such a unique film that Coco is, it was really a dream come true. I couldn't have asked to be a part of uh, such an amazing film. And yeah, it was really an honor.
0: (laughs) So cool. And it sounded like it was personal to you too. Like it really resonated. So you're starting to see the film come together, you're seeing, I imagine, a lot of things like, you know, storyboards and things like that. But then what's it like at the end of this journey to see the character on the big screen with your voice? What is that feeling like?
2: (laughs) Yeah, so like throughout all the the recording process I I did with Coco, um, I didn't really see lots of animation and and color. It was usually like uh, pictures or maybe some scenes that like some drawing scenes that were that didn't have any color in it. Um, I think the first time I saw Coco, it was all in white and all drawings, but it still made me <laughs> cry. So it was so amazing. I got to watch it with my mom. And then uh, the first time I watched it in color was at, was at the premiere, I think, with, with my whole family. And then I cried twice as much. Oh. Uh, but it really was just to see it all animated uh, with all the music and the colors, it was just so amazing. And I'm just so happy to have been part of such a a wonderful um, film. Yeah.
0: So, so special. I love that. How would you describe how you compare to Miguel? Would you say that you still have or at the time when the movie came out, did you have anything in common with him?
2: Oh, I had so many things in common with Miguel. Um, well, when I was uh, recording for him, we were actually the same age, 12 years old. <laughs> um, nice. But, not only, but we also both shared the same passion for music. Um, mm. You know, Miguel dreams to become a musician, like his idol Ernesto de la Cruz. And mm. I also dreamed to become a musician. I began singing when I was four years old, along with my brother. And I went to a lot of uh, singing competitions at a young age. And it was really something that, I I wanted to do as as well as act. You know, we both know the importance of family, which is, you know, a big Mm. theme in the story. And I'm so uh, happy that, you know, I could relate with that because, you know, family is everything to me. I wouldn't be where I am without my family. Um, They've been very supportive throughout my journey and and yeah. So, so cool. That
0: sounds like one of the best lessons you took away from working on the movie Coco. Would you say you have a favorite memory though, that you will, will always stick with you from the experience?
2: Yeah, I'd say one memory that I will never forget was when I got the part, actually. I actually auditioned for something called Scratch Voice, which is like a, a temporary voice for the character, which I actually didn't know. Um, I didn't find out till after the movie was out or after I was doing press. But uh, yeah, I was, I was auditioning for Scratch Voice, and I would go into Pixar like once or twice a month. I would fly to Oakland. Uh, so for like recording sessions and I was doing that for about like almost two years and around Christmas time when I was around 11 years old I went in for another session uh, same as, as usual and then at the end of the session. Uh, the director, Lee Unkrich, amazing director, by the way, um, he actually told me that they had a Christmas present for me, which I was like, yay, I'm so excited. It's probably going to be something you know, Pixar-related, maybe Coca-related. I was just so excited. But, uh, yeah, they had me open the, the Christmas present there, which I still have to this day. <laughs> um, so I opened it, and it was this wonderful piece of artwork that said, you got the part so so when I'm reading this I'm like
0: oh my gosh
2: like I was just speechless I couldn't believe it it was just probably one of the best moments of my life and definitely the best Christmas present I have ever received (laughs) and you know there's my mom (laughs) in the corner just bawling her eyes out you know everyone's clapping and celebrating it was definitely such an amazing and unforgettable you know experience and then when I left the when I left the booth all the people that were working on, on Coco were standing on the hallway, on the stairwell, and they were all just clapping for me. And it was just, I, I was oh just my stuck gosh. and I couldn't believe it. And yeah, it was such a life-changing experience.
0: I got full chills right there. Like that is so cool to just be totally surprised by all of that.
2: Yeah, I was like, I would have been happy with a little uh, sweater, <laughs> but then to give me the <laughs> point, <laughs> Yeah, it was it amazing. Was so <laughs> <crazy.
0: laughs> Well, congrats. I mean, obviously, years later, like you are now a part of the Disney family and the legacy of Coco will carry on forever. So with that, being a part of the Disney family, I imagine you're a Disney fan. So are you ready for this next segment, Anthony? Are you ready to take on the Insider 5? (laughs) Sure, I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's begin with, what is your earliest memory of being a Disney movie fan?
2: Uh the first movie Disney Pixar movie that comes to mind is is, is Toy Story I just I grew up loving nice. Toy Story like the idea of toys coming to life it just I just loved it so much and I have so many Toy Story toys like I have a the Woody toy that has the string in the back which was such a I have so many childhood memories of it and I even got like a was like your blanket with my name on it. So I was like a r- big fan of, of Toy Story. Uh, <laughs> just to be a part of a Disney Pixar movie was amazing. And and just for it to be Coco was even twice as amazing because I could relate with it. And it was it was really good. But my Pixar, you know, uh, me being a fan of Disney Pixar, it started with Toy Story.
0: <laughs> nice. That's a great pick. I love that one.
2: Yeah. All right. <laughs> what
0: inspired you to want to be an actor?
2: Mm, I... Oh, that's a, that's, that's a good question. Um, I say when, when, when I was young, I didn't really know I wanted to be an actor, but I knew that I loved performing. Uh, I would do street performance with my siblings, uh, singing, and, and my sisters would dance, and I would sing with my brother. And when I was around four years old, I, I would also, um, I began reading books in Spanish at this uh, television program. And one day there was a casting director uh, there, and you know, she told my parents that she thought I'd be a great actor. And that's, that's when I really started you know, taking acting into consideration, and when I began uh, acting. And at that age, I realized that I wanted to do it because it was just so amazing. Uh, I remember going to my first audition and, and you know reading these lines, just the idea of being someone act- acting, being someone who you're not is it's really cool to me. And Uh, and that's where (laughs) my love for acting began.
0: So you talked about music. It's Disney karaoke night. We know you've got the pipes, Anthony. What song do you sing on Disney karaoke night?
2: I think it would be, it would be weird not to sing one of the Coco songs because I'm so (laughs) used to singing. Like the first song that comes to mind is like, Remember Me or Un Poco Loco. Love it. Um, Un Poco Loco. Love it. They're engraved in my heart and I just know them like by heart and I would That would probably be one of the first options, probably Un Poco Loco, or or also Prado Corazón, which is uh, honestly one of my favorites. It's so hard to choose. Um, But yeah, (laughs) one of the
0: (laughs) Got it. So a Coco compilation mix. I like it from Anthony Gonzalez. Very very cool. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Next up, if you could only ride one ride all day at a Disney park,
2: which would it be? It would probably be uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. (laughs) I love Guardians of the Galaxy so much. Yeah, bro, it would just be so cool to to ride that. I could ride that all day long. It's just um, every time I would go on it, you know, (laughs) I would try it once raising my hands or once holding my breath, once closing my (laughs) eyes. It's just such a cool ride to experience. And it's just it's one of my favorites. And oh, also uh, uh, Incredicoaster, that's also one of my favorites as well. So it would be wow. uh, hard to choose between them two, but I think I'm gonna have to go with Guardians of the Galaxy because of you know how, how thrilling it is. It gets my heart beating really fast. And yeah, so definitely Guardians of the Galaxy.
0: I love that so much. You like, no, you do not hold back. You're like, give me the like the big ride yes. out there.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm that one person in the family that is willing To go to any ride is so extreme.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Those are the extreme ones, so check those off.
2: Yeah, yeah. And then my sisters are like, no, (laughs) my mom, no. (laughs) Yeah.
0: All right, well, we have to see you on one of those rides all day eventually. You're going to have to talk something about that. Yeah, I would
2: definitely do that.
0: All right, well, to close this out of the Insider 5, here's the last Mm -hmm. question Which Disney character has the best life advice and what?
2: One quote that really, you know, uh, impacted me is, is seize your moment, which is one of Coco's uh, quotes, which Ernesto de la Cruz says, but, Mm -hmm. you know, it it inspires people to, you know, reach their dreams, which is something that I find really cool and uh, to do what you love to do in life, because, you know, you only live once and you might as well live your life to the fullest and seize your moment.
0: It's magical and inspiring, and thank you so much for shining your light today with us to take on the Insider 5 uh-huh. and to talk to us about the memories from Coco. Thanks so much for joining us today, Anthony.
2: Uh, this is so much fun. Thanks for having me.
0: <laughs> That's our show. Coco is now streaming on Disney+. And to see more ways we're celebrating Hispanic Latinx Heritage Month, visit DisneyMovieInsiders.com. So you don't miss any upcoming episodes. Subscribe and follow Disney Movie Insiders Presents. And while you're there, we'd love if you gave us a rating and review. And lastly, Visit DisneyMovieInsiders.com or our app and enter bonus code MARIGOLD. The code expires October 5th, 2021 at 11.59pm Pacific Time. Membership is required. Limit one redemption per account. Visit DisneyMovieInsiders.com for terms and conditions. We'll catch you next time, insiders, with more Disney movie magic.